Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into the show. You are listening live to the October 30th, 2015 final edition here in October for 2015 as we are finally about 20 games into the regular season. Yes, 20 games into this long journey to the NBA playoffs in April. It is, again, October 30th, 2015, early on in the season, your Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern here edition here on the Hooper's Log on CLNS Radio. Again, if you're listening live to, to the episode through Blog Talk Radio, again, I thank you again for listening. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558. And Andrew Norris will be on the line with us shortly here later on today. Uh, he's busy. He's got a very busy lifestyle ahead of him. Uh, again, I'd like to remind people that we will be doing daily, and I mean daily shows from November 2nd, starting Monday, this Monday after the weekend, from uh, November 2nd all the way until we get to the NBA playoffs, and then we'll change the routine from there. So from throughout, throughout the late fall, wintertime, and early spring, you can guarantee this will be the place you need to come to to listen to the, the NBA breakdown. Again, we're only going to do about 30, 45-minute shows every day. There's not a ton of topics to bring up. But there are games to recap. There are things to bring up. There are whiteboard-worthy performances to talk about. And we got a lot of those. If you want to know more about me, CMO Buckets. My, my, my website is cmobuckets.com, C-M-O-B-U-C-K-E-T-S. And we have a Facebook page. Uh, Facebook page, again, if you go to Facebook, type in the Hooper's Log, you'll find it. You'll find us there. We will be available. Again, we're going to have shirts and beanies available eventually. Again, I know I keep saying they're going to come, but trust me, they will. They will be here eventually at some point. I have a very low financial budget uh, when it comes to supporting the show and supporting what we do here on the Hooper's Log, but eventually that will come. Again, we're going to break down some of these important games that have happened over the last couple of days. We've had 17 games since opening night. We had 14 on Tuesday, and we had three last night. We're going to get to those now. Andrew Norris, again, will be on the line here shortly. He's just crazy busy with what he's going through. But let's get to these breakdowns. Let's talk about some things. First of all, before we get to – these games, real quickly, Austin Rivers got fined $25,000 for throwing a couch, uh, uh, a seat cushion off the bench into the crowd, which unfortunately hit someone, and they got thoroughly upset, and the NBA had to fine him twenty-five grand. Uh, I understand his frustration. If you watched it, uh, watched the replay of what happened, <clears throat> it was a pretty frustrating thing on the whole, considering, you know, look, 
he's frustrated. Something happened in the game they didn't like, and he threw the cou- he threw the the cushion, and it it unfortunately hit somebody. He didn't think it would go that far. It did. I mean, to be honest, this isn't that big of a deal for him to get fined like this is outrageous. It should have been at least like a warning of some kind, maybe a five grand, but to be twenty five grand for this absolutely ridiculous and over the top. Um, another new thing that came out today, the Christmas Day jerseys have been leaked. They look amazing. I'm telling you, I might buy me one. I've been needing a Russell Westbrook jersey for a while, and I might get me a Christmas Day Russell Westbrook jersey just to really get into the holiday spirit because you know that that Chicago-Oklahoma City day game is going to be epic on Christmas Day. I will be there watching that. And Jody Meeks for the Detroit Pistons, I'm sure Andrew Norris will have an opinion on is out for the next three to four weeks with an ankle injury. Let's get into the show, shall we? Let's get into some topics and break down these games. Baby. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. You talk about a jam-packed Wednesday, 14 games, pretty much every single team in the NBA playing except for a couple. And uh, it was it was quite the day where the beginning portions of the NBA were on and going deep. Again, you're listening to CLNS Radio here. And if you'd like to call in and talk about any of these games from the last couple of days, Phone number 323-642-1558. We're supposed to have Coach Nick on from BreakBball.com today. If he doesn't show up, that's okay. We've got all season, and we'll probably have him make appearances throughout the year uh, on a regular basis. Anyway, these games. The first game from from Wednesday. Excuse me, Tuesday was opening night. Wednesday, October 28th. The first game from that day. We broke these games down. We previewed them a little bit on Wednesday when we did our show. And we obviously previewed all 17 of these games. Washington and Orlando. Now, this was an outstanding game from multiple perspectives. Excuse me if I yawn. <sighs> Apologies. The yawning shouldn't happen, but it, it sometimes from time to time when you wake up in the morning, it's 11 a.m. here. I work a late shift. It happens, but I won't be yawning anymore. I promise you that. The Wizards and Magic again. Wizards win 88-87. to 87. This was an outstanding game from the perspective of John Wall came out and played an outstanding game. He didn't get a whiteboard-worthy performance, but he got something as close as you can get to a whiteboard-worthy performance. 22 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds. Guy came out and played a fantastic brand of basketball, helped his team get a victory in this one, barely eking out the Orlando Magic, the young Magic squad that really looked outstanding in this one. Victor Oladipo had a high score, 17 for his team, 11 rebounds, 2 assists. Guy came out and played a really, really, really good game. And, uh, again, John Wall looking like, uh, top three point guard in the NBA like he's supposed to. And he's finally looking like a guy you can lean on and give the basketball to late into a game. Celtics beat the 76ers. It wasn't looking too good early for the, for the Celtics. But they eventually came around and destroyed the 76ers throughout the rest of the ball game. Jaleel Okafor, his first game as an NBA basketball player, 26 points, seven rebounds and an assist. Guy looked like he'd been in the league for a long time and he's only 19 years old. Talk about a guy who is, you know, I think got snubbed, not getting the number two spot or number three spot when it came to getting picked by the Los Angeles Lakers. He fit in well. He looked like a seasoned veteran in this one, but the Celtics, again, too much firepower from the perspective of, look, the Celtics are just a better team. They just are. They're they're a more fundamental, well-rounded team. They have an identity, and when you have something like that in the Eastern Conference and you're playing a team like the Sixers who have no idea really what they're putting together on the basketball court, you're going to get this kind of outcome, and the Celtics won big, and they got it done, and they're now 1-0 to begin this young and fresh season. The Bulls, they got their second win, beating the Nets 115-100. to 100. Jimmy Butler, again, a fantastic output, 24.6 assists. We were talking about in the last show, giving him the keys to the car, 
He finally looks like he's given the keys to the car in this one as he did destroyed the Brooklyn Nets. Again, Brooke Lopez, 26 points, seven assists, seven, excuse me, seven rebounds. Nothing, nothing outstanding from Brooke Lopez, but another ho-hum performance by him, a good one. Another walk in the park for him, getting 26 points, seven rebounds. He just needs guys to help step up and help him out because he's really the only thing going for the Brooklyn Nets as they finish the season or start the season, excuse me, 0 and 1. And they're going to go into uh, this weekend having a chance to try and repeat that. I, I know that I know that Jarrett Jack didn't play in this game. Apparently, he says he's going to play. Maybe he might not, depending upon how his legs are feeling. He's got some injuries nagging him, but if he comes in and he plays well, you can look at this Nets team and they can do some damage. They're not going to do well. They're not going to be a big-time team to contend with, but they're going to be a team that's going to be able to compete and play what play tough in the Eastern Conference considering the talent they have on that squad. But the Bulls, again, start off the season 2-0, and back-to-back games to start the season. They go into this weekend undefeated and playing some tough games. Anyway, Pistons, they start off again 2-0 and as well, 92-87 to over the Jazz. Derek Favors looked good. Andre Drummond looked outstanding. Again, 18 points, 10 rebounds. Another big-time performance by him, a double-double machine. Two double-doubles out the gate for Andre Drummond. And then you got a guy in Derek Favors, a guy who's looking outstanding for the Utah Jazz and a go-to guy on the block, a guy who can get you some points. And Rudy Gobert, again, he had an outstanding game. Again, no one really had a uh, whiteboard-worthy performance in this one, but we're getting to some as we keep going down the list. Again, the Hornets, they lose to the Heat, 104-94. to Justice Winslow had an amazing dunk in that game. Kemba Walker, 19 points, four rebounds, four assists. Chris Bosh, a double-double, 21 points, 10 rebounds. He had a, war- uh, a heartwarming tribute to the, to the crowd in that one at the beginning as he thanked everyone for their prayers. Talk about a, a guy who could have lost his life last year with the blood clot in his lungs. That's a really, really scary situation in your life, and I think Chris Bosh is going to come out and have one of those resurrection-type years, and hopefully he can come out and play one of the better games or one of the better seasons of his career for the Miami Heat because they need it. They desperately need his contributions, and if he can come out and play well, you're talking about a team that can make the postseason easily in the Eastern Conference. Again, getting back to the Indiana Pacers, they lose 106-99 to on Wednesday to the Toronto Raptors. Again, DeMar DeRozan, a great game. He had an outstanding scoring output. Paul George had a near triple-double, 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. Jonas Valanciunas, 21 points, 15 rebounds, a monster double-double with cheese. You talk about a guy who I think people were saying he came out into this, this offseason and was going to put together a tough year uh, for this Toronto Raptors team. You're talking about a guy now, 21 points and 15 rebounds. If he can put this kind of performance together on a regular basis, you're talking about a Raptors team that might go a little further than people expected. He's a guy last year who would get you some outside buckets, maybe get you eight rebounds a game. But if he can get you 10 rebounds, 12 rebounds a game, you're talking about a guy that's a dominant force down low for the Toronto Raptors, and they desperately need that from a starting position that they've lacked for the last couple of years in Toronto, which is at the center position. They have the guard position locked down with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. But when it comes to the center position, when it comes to the big man situation in in Toronto, they've always had an issue with that. And if Jonas Valanciunas can come out and play like this on a regular basis, you're looking at a team that can dominate in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets, what happened in this game? This was an odd ball game. This was desperately one of those games where you're like, what? How did this happen? Denver destroyed Houston in their home opener. Houston's home opener. Let me remind people, this was Houston's home opener. They got destroyed, 105-85. to Danilo Gallinari had 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. James Harden, 22 points, 6 rebounds, 66. Ho-hum, you know, another average day for James Harden at the park. But a guy, Emmanuel Moutier, you talk about a guy, his rookie game, 
in his career. He's played the most minutes of, on the team, 38 minutes. He had 17 points. He had 11, he had 11 turnovers, not too good. But his assists, he had nine assists, five rebounds in a rookie game. Emmanuel Moutier looking like already rookie of the year is the way he played in this one. Again, he can be tested by a guy in Jaleel Locafor, but they looked outstanding in this one. Their talent is, is very high. They have a high ceiling on this team, but the Rockets only scoring 85 points. What happened? Did Dwight Howard not show up? Apparently Dwight Howard was suspended by the league coming into this one. He didn't do too well in this game, obviously, since he didn't play. Uh, Montrez Harrell only had eight points. Sam Decker didn't even play. He only played a minute in this ball game. Patrick Beverly only eight minutes. Ty Lawson had 12.6 assists. And James Harden, again, I guess they just need James Harden to really carry this team if they're going to do anything outstanding this year. Because, again, the Rockets have the talent to win 60 games. And losing to a team like Denver, and I know it's early, and I know it's the first game of the year, but losing to a team like Denver on your home court at the beginning of the season, that might not bring good vibes for this team this year. And if they can, if they can put together some better wins than that, They'll be fine. Cleveland and Memphis, this was supposed to be a good matchup. Cleveland destroyed Memphis. 106-76. Kevin Love, 17 points, 13 rebounds, and three assists. Zach Randolph, 12 points, eight rebounds, and one steal. Again, looks like the Grizzlies just didn't show up in this game. Again, kind of odd considering this was the very first game on the floor in the grindhouse for the Grizzlies. They got destroyed. They only scored 10 points in the first quarter. LeBron James played a really solid game. Again, another good performance by him. But, again, Cleveland did not want to start this season 0-2. They did not want people pressing the panic button too early. Again, the Grizzlies started the season 0-1. Cavaliers are now 1-1 heading into the weekend. The Knicks, you talk about a shocking performance, and I said this in the last game. If the Knicks come out and they play this Bucks team very well on the road in Milwaukee, I will be impressed, and I might even shake my head and change my opinion of how this team may play this year. They beat the, the Knicks beat the Bucks 122 to 97 in Milwaukee. Derek Williams looking really good for the Knicks. 24.7 rebounds and an assist. Greg Monroe had another monster double double. 22 points, 14 rebounds, four assists, but not enough as the Bucks just get stomped on by this young Knicks team again. A team that looks like they're really starting to make some ball movement, make some plays here and there to really make a really good contra- contribution to the triangle offense that Derek Fisher and Phil Jackson when it comes to his uh, ownership of the team, is concerned. They're really trying to put this together and really make this team competitive for this year. Now, we'll talk about the Thursday games in a second, but as I said coming in on Wednesday into this game, if the Knicks really dominate the Bucks and make an Im- impressive statement, then I'll, I'll put my foot in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the circle and say, look, I think the Knicks can actually maybe make a sniff at the postseason. And now I'm starting to believe. When you come out in game one against a team that's predicted to be a top five, top top six team in the Eastern Conference in the Milwaukee Bucks, who's making leaps and bounds to get better every year with the with a you know top three coach in the NBA and Jason Kidd, and they stomp them with with what they have. Yeah, you're talking about a guy in Derek Fisher who's looking like he's really trying to turn the corner with his team and try to at least make them a competitor in the Eastern Conference. Game of the night. Game of the night on Wednesday. Not from probably the score perspective or the emotional perspective, like the like the Timberwolves and Lakers game, which we'll get to in a second. Spurs and Oklahoma City. There was a whiteboard worthy performance in this one. A whiteboard worthy performance. Who else is it other than Sing Russell Russell Westbrook? Thirty three points, ten assists, two steals, and two rebounds. A, a total of fifty seven on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. That's a pretty solid effort by Russell Westbrook. Again. 
first game of the season, and he goes out and gets 33 and 10. I even called it. Watch the guys. Get, I even said it in our last show. 28 and 11 is what I called. I got 33 and 10. I mean, how much better can this guy be? Russell Westbrook already putting his stamp on this season, trying to become a a MVP candidate. And I don't know about this. We got Andrew Norris on the line. We'll get to him in just a second. But this game between the Spurs and the Thunder on Wednesday night, I mean, we were making the comments before that game. Also, Kawhi Leonard had an outstanding game. Kawhi Leonard looked like a guy who's finally taking the steps offensively to become the superstar that we're trying to look at. Look, defensively, we know he's one of the better defenders in the league. He's not the best, in my opinion, which he was last year to many people, but Kawhi Leonard looked outstanding on the offensive side of the board. 32 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 steals. Again, we know defensively he's outstanding, but points-wise, we didn't think that getting 32 would be an option. This was a game that, watching this entire game, and I know it was game one of the season, and I'm aware that there is a long way to go, but this game just smelled felt like I was sitting in my seat at work and I remember watching the postseason at work on my phone pretty much the entire postseason outside of the weekend and I remember watching games and this felt like I literally felt like I was watching an April or a May basketball game I didn't feel like I was watching a beginning of the season regular season basketball game a Thunder won 112 to 106 and again Russell Westbrook amazing performance 33 points 10 assists two rebounds and two steals but at the same time just the way this game was played out, it went back and forth. The Spurs went on an outstanding run. The Thunder went on a run. The Thunder looked outstanding at times. The Spurs looked unbeatable at times. There were there were facets throughout this game where you were just like, whoa, this is more than just a regular season game. This is a preemptive uh, like view of what the playoffs could look like for either one of these teams. Andrew, what did you see from this Spurs-Thunder game on Wednesday night? Uh, it was exciting. Um, I saw Kevin Durant, who still looked a little shaken up. By the way, just real quick, uh, sorry I'm late, guys. I'm not going to be able to stay the whole time either. Uh, just a crazy day for me. You know, I'll, of course, I'll be back on Monday. But, um, you know, the Spurs, of course, didn't look old. Kawhi Leonard looks much improved on the offensive end, but we've seen this from him multiple times. We've seen him have a few, uh, you know, offensive explosions. We saw it last year a few times. Um, but you're right, man. It felt like a, like a playoff game. Um Kevin Durant kind of slow up and down the court didn't didn't look like the same guy almost but you know it's the first game of the season I'm not gonna say oh he's not the same guy his foot's hurt and none of that first game of the season he's still got 22 points let's not let's not discredit this guy your MVP pick Russell Westbrook went nuts like always and he just makes it look so easy not easy in the fact that he's so smooth and so fluid because he's not athletic and bouncy and jumping everywhere but um, you know, it was a fun game with, you know, it just kind of previewed what you missed. It kind of showed you what you missed so much about basketball during the off season. It was one of those things too, where this was one of those games where the entire time it never was a double digit lead. There was never a double digit lead in this game until late at one point, obviously the Spurs got off to a pretty large start. And in fact, the Spurs led to this game most of the time. Most of the time throughout this, this game, the San Antonio Spurs were leading. They held, they held serve. They held home court. But it was at the very end when the Spurs were up. At one point, the Spurs were up 97-92 with about five minutes left in this game. All of a sudden, the Thunder made this run. They made a quick run. Russell Westbrook made a, made a mid-range jumper. He then makes, one, he makes both his free throws. And then Kevin Durant makes this 24-foot three-pointer 
to make it 99-97 with about four minutes to go in about a minute span. They went off and went on a solid 7-10 point run, and they took the lead, and that was when the Spurs decided to tie it up. And from there, it just became a grind them out, shoot them out, you know, and the Thunder took serve with about a minute left, and that was when they took a five-point lead on Russell Westbrook's three-pointer to make it 108-103, to and that's really what sealed the deal as that's when the Spurs started playing the foul game and they could not quite finish. This was an outstanding basketball game. This was probably the best game that we're going to see in this first week of the NBA season with everyone looking really rough and rugged and the way that they're playing. It, it, this was a game where both teams came in. And, yes, I agree with you. The Thunder didn't look as polished, but the Spurs, they look like a team that's ready to win 50 games. And I know, again, it's early. It's very early. But they look like a team where if they just hold on to what they're doing, they look like a team that can win 50 again and make the postseason. I know that it's early, and I know that it's, it's, it's early in the season. But come on now. That was an outstanding basketball game. Again, going back to some other games that we got going on, um, another interesting one that happened on Wednesday, the Portland Trailblazers got a victory that was unexpected, 112-94 over the New Orleans Pelicans. I know the New Orleans Pelicans had their first back-to-back. They had to travel from Golden State to go to Portland. Portland's home opener, Damian Lillard. He had a whiteboard-worthy performance, 21 points, 11 assists, and he had five rebounds and two steals, 50. He got a complete 50 on the scale of what it takes to get a whiteboard with a performance. I mean, 21 and 11 is nothing to sniff at. That's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good performance by a guy in Damian Lillard where his team, just quite honestly, around him is, is just beat up. C.J. McCollum, he was a contributing factor in this game. 37 points, and he probably scored the highest total on the day of Wednesday. Six rebounds for him as well. Anthony Davis, he finally came back to earth, scoring 25 and 10. Uh, what did you see from this one, Andrew? I mean, again, what's, what's going on in New Orleans? I know they're injured. I know they're not doing so well. But, I mean, for, for the Trailblazers to get this victory in a convincing fashion, maybe we are a little preemptive of, uh, preemptive of, the, uh, of the Portland Trailblazers. No, I think this is more of a mirage against a team who, you know, like you said, um, in the pre-shows, is is hurt and you know you don't really realize how hurt this team is until you start seeing them play um you know i think portland came out of course they're going to feel spited they're going to feel disrespected because people in the media people like us were going on our shows and we're saying we got uh you know this might be the worst team in nba history this team might not win 20 games um so i think they came out with a lot of heart a lot of effort well new orleans and anthony davis now well, we'll probably win a lot of games later in the year, but this is going to be a rough match. I think it was a mirage. Um, who knows how much they're going to win in the in the next even 10 games here. Um, you know, I, I, I still don't see this team winning 20 games, but it was it was actually kind of cool to see them come out and really really put on a show. And C.J. McCollum in that first in that first um, uh, quarter, first half, he just went nuts. He's on pace for 54 points at one point. It was just uh, it was something to see. And uh, but but like I said, I think it's more of a mirage than it is a permanent permanent act for that team. Yeah, I think it was more of a more of a you know uh, excitement first game of the year jitter kind of thing. And some teams perform well, and obviously Portland performed well. Another game that came on the schedule, Dallas beat Phoenix again. I think that's another example of. Look, Phoenix is an average team. They're not going to come out and dominate you, but they're going to be a team that can compete with anybody in the league. They really can. 
if Phoenix puts together a perfect game, they can they can contend with anybody, but that's the thing, a perfect game. They're not going to put in perfect games, and there's going to be games where they just don't play well. And I think this was an example of playing Dallas on Wednesday where Dallas came out and they just they just beat them. I mean, Raymond Felton, 18 points, six assists. Uh, all, all Dallas had to do was come out and put their superstars together and win, and that's what they did. They won 11-95. They got their first win of the season in that one. Uh, and then we had a couple whiteboard, uh, a couple more whiteboard-worthy performances, and, and the Clippers and Sacramento Kings, the Clippers got their first win. I watched this game on Wednesday night. You talk about a Clipper team that, I mean, we talk about Major League Baseball and how they're in the World Series right now. By the way, game three tonight uh, on Fox. Um, the Clippers played the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday. This Clipper team reminds me of the modern-day Major League Baseball when it comes to pitchers, how there's matchups, how, there's, how you can bring in guys late. When this Clipper ball club has a lead in the fourth quarter, I don't think they're going to get beat. I, if, if any team can beat this team in the fourth quarter, I will be shocked because this is the best closing team in the NBA. There is no one better. Last year, they had, they had three of the top five free throw shooters in the league in J.J. Reddick, Chris Paul, and Jamal Crawford, if I'm not mistaken. And they, they don't need to have DeAndre Jordan on the floor in the fourth quarter if they're leading. Blake Griffin, who looked like he improved defensively, he went 33-8-4 and on, on uh, Wednesday. Again, they went 111-104. And every time they got late in the game and they had uh, the hack of DeAndre going on, DeAndre would leave the floor, and then whenever, whenever the, the Clippers would, would, um, would be up, they would take DeAndre off the floor, they'd put the ball into the hands of their better free throw shooters, and then when they'd come back on defense, DeAndre would come in, he would make sure to not grab a rebound, but he'd tip the ball to other players because you can't foul within the final two minutes. And so when this team has a lead in the final two minutes, you can pretty much wrap it up. Because that's this is the best team to close ball games and watching them and perform. Paul again, uh, Chris, uh, excuse me, uh, Paul Pierce, uh, Chris Paul, Paul Pierce. They all become the same after a while. Uh, Paul Pierce, a guy who made some clutch shots in this one, again helping this team close it out. They didn't outscore the Kings in the fourth quarter. They didn't need to. They were up big heading into the fourth quarter, and all you got to do at that point is just run some clock get the ball to guys who can make some shots, a.k.a. Jamal Crawford, a.k.a. Paul Pierce, get Lance Stevenson involved a little bit. Outside of that, this team is one of the scarier closing teams in a white four with performance, DeMarcus Cousins, 32-13-3. and three. three assists for DeMarcus Cousins, 54 on the overall scale for the white four with performance, another monster double-double by him. Expect many of those this season, considering the Kings will need that kind of output for this team to be competitive. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Andrew, this Clipper team is looking outstanding. After what I saw last night as well against Dallas, this is a scary, scary team. Well, yeah, and on, on the DeMarcus Cousins subject, he started out that game slow. I mean, if you went down your Twitter timeline during that game, people were bashing him, and but then you know he he jumped up, took a whiteboard-worthy performance. Uh, you know, dropped thirty plus, ten plus. Uh, it was really something to see. But when, like you said, with the Clippers, um, that team, you know, the, the free throw shooters on that team is a lot like a reliever coming in and throwing 95 miles an hour. Uh, average points per possession last year, the Clippers had the highest at .969 points per possession. Now, if you're free throw shooting and you're shooting 50% every time down the court, that's one point per possession. 
you're shooting 90%. That's almost that's that's almost scoring a bucket. That's why these guys shooting free throws is so important, and that's something that makes this team so so dangerous. And even the guys who don't have the highest free throw percentages in the world are guys who, uh, you know, when it comes to the fourth quarter and late in the fourth quarter, they're going to make their free throws. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if we're still having Coach Nick on here. I really hope we do. Um, but with that, I saw a video of his the other day that said DeAndre Jordan even would shoot 70% for the free throw line simply because of his, his wrist and his legs. And, you know, it, it's just amazing how these little things can affect games like that. The, the Clippers team is dangerous. Clippers team is, is really scary. And, you know, if it comes to crunch time, especially in the playoffs, they got the veterans and they got the, uh, they got the shooters to really pull those fourth quarters out. Well, and the one thing I watched from this team, and we'll get to the Thursday game in a second. I'll, I'll get to that game in just a second. But the, the final game from Wednesday was the Timberwolves and Lakers. This was actually a really, really fun game to watch. Obviously, everyone having heavy hearts for Flip Saunders and uh, the passing away of him over last weekend. Um, Ricky Rubio, he had a whiteboard-worthy performance as well. 28 points, 14 assists, and two rebounds. Guy had a 58 on the scale of a whiteboard-worthy performance. Again, 14 assists is nothing to sneeze at. That's, that is all-star. That is all-NBA-worthy performance level of Ricky Rubio. Again, when this guy's healthy and he has the talent around him to do so, he can put together performances like this. And this is what the Minnesota Timberwolves fans have been waiting for. Finally, a healthy Ricky Rubio can finally put together a game like this where, again, their defense wasn't that good. They had to eke one out at the end against the Lakers. But, again, Kobe Bryant coming into his 20th season in the NBA. Kevin Garnett starting his 21st season in the NBA. And, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell getting their first sniffs at NBA postseason play. Hey, Roy Hibbert had a double-double. How about that? 12 points and 10 rebounds. Probably had it early and ran away with it. But uh, that's, that's kind of how that game went for that. I mean, obviously, two teams not expected to make the postseason, but entertaining at that. The Thursday games, let's get to those real quick before we head on to our first break. And uh, I heard Coach Nick, I, I, I tried emailing him. I don't know if he's going to be on the show. Right now it is 1130 uh, Pacific time, uh, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. I told him to call in around this time. So if he does, we'll get him on the air ASAP. If not, then uh, we'll try again some other time. But – but this is these Thursday games real quick. Again, last night, no whiteboard-worthy performances from last night. There were only four from Wednesday. Memphis and Indiana, again, Indiana looking like they're trying to find their stride. They won, They lost uh, – Memphis won their first game of the season, 112-103. to I thought Indiana played pretty good, though. Again, Paul George trying to find his, find his groove, 18 points, eight rebounds, and five assists. That's not a bad stat line at all. That's a very productive stat line for a guy who's struggling from the field right now. I'm telling you, if Paul George finds his shot and this team can find a way to gel, because it's going to take them a little bit of time to gel. But if they start gelling here within the next couple of weeks or so, I'm telling you, look out. Because Memphis, they got destroyed by Cleveland on Wednesday, which was an odd sight to see. But they came out and played their brand of basketball last night against the Indiana Pacers. Marcus Gasol, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. You're looking at a team now in Memphis where, again, like I said, 48-52 wins. That's kind of what Andrew said in the preview uh, last week. This Grizzlies team can really come out and perform at a level that we can see if they just put together, put it all. Pacers have started off 0-2. They're not where I expected them to be. But Paul George is just starting to find his rhythms, just starting to find themselves when it comes to this, uh, this season and this team. But once they get it all clicking, I'm telling you, the Indiana Pacers will be fine. The, the TNT games from last night, the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks, uh, the Hawks looked really good. I mean, they looked really good. The Knicks, they, they look way better. The Knicks look way more functional than they did 
last season. They look like a team that can actually come out and play a decent brand of basketball and be competitive. I mean, that's that's a big, big jump from last year where they looked like it was literally just Carmelo Anthony and a bunch of nobodies. And now Carmelo Anthony can finally uh, play his brand of offense along with in, informing it inside a system that the Knicks have, which is the triangle, which they looked really good playing the triangle last night. It's just the Hawks are just more talented. They're a better team. Jeff Teague, again, 23 points, eight assists. Carmelo had 25 points and seven rebounds. You're looking at, you're looking at a Knicks team that's going to get better uh, very quickly or early on. It's just the Hawks are just they're, – they're a team that knows what it takes to win whenever what it takes to win. And, again, the game of the night last night, Mavericks and Clippers, wasn't much of a game. The Clippers led most of the game. But it was it was interesting from the standpoint of like like I was saying the Clippers started getting the or the, the the Mavericks started putting on the hack of DeAndre which is what I expected from the the Mavericks obviously you saw some chippiness with DeAndre Jordan and uh, Dirk Nowitzki last night obviously from stuff off the court DeAndre Jordan only had six points uh, and what's funny is he got to the line like 50 times it felt like because he was on the line like most of the game. And he still couldn't shoot his free throws. But that's the interesting thing about this team. And I noticed this during the game yesterday. The Mavericks looked like pretty early. They looked like they could compete with the Clippers early. The issue was was that the Clippers, every time they bring in their second team and every time this team comes in and they can perform the way we know that they can perform with their second stringers, they look like a team that can compete with anybody in the NBA. And that's just their second stringers. That's crazy. You have a caller on the line. Is this is this Coach Nick on the line right here? Uh, it is indeed, Coach Nick. Nick, Coach Nick, how's it going, man? What's up? How you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing great. I'm just uh, uh, looking up from watching a whole bunch of the Clippers footage. Yeah, oh, beautiful. How, what did beautiful. you think? Of, what did you What did you think of that game last night? Um, when it came to the when it came to the uh, performance and the X's and O's standpoint of what the Clippers look like, what what did you see from that? I mean, they look good. They look better than the Mavericks. Uh, they have a, a lot of good players. Um, I mean, the biggest take I had was, I mean, the Mavericks are so under, uh, you know, injured that they simply said, Blake, please take as many long twos as you like. And uh, Blake said, thank you. And he hit them. <laughs> and uh, that's why they, were, they pulled away. And then they, they basically ended the game on those shots. So he misses some of those, and the game's a lot closer. But, uh, you know, the, the ball moved. Um, they're slowly figuring out who fits with whom. And, um, you know, the, the one takeaway is that Lance Stevenson looks very lost to me. Yeah, well, I mean, this is Coach Nick from B-Ball Breakdown. He's, uh, he has his YouTube channel. He's, they got about 230,000 subscribers, 50 million views. I'm assuming most of those are from coaches across the country, uh, obviously, as you give an outstanding layout of how really the game of basketball should be played from an X's and O's perspectives, fundamentals, other things of that nature. Uh, there's one question I have for you, and this is kind of away from the Clippers game. Um, when it comes to injuries in the NBA, some guys have come back this year, obviously a guy like Paul George, maybe a, even a guy in Derrick Rose coming back from serious injuries from prior years. How does this affect the philosophy of teams, whether it's, whether it's the NBA, college, uh, uh, high school? When, when you have a main go-to guy or maybe a couple of your, your, your go-to guys on the starting lineup, how does that impact the team's, I guess, I guess philosophy and, and outlook on a game or maybe even a stretch of games when it comes to a season? Well, you know, it's a very tough thing to do because when you forge on without a, a star player – 
uh, the team develops a different identity. Somebody else becomes that star player. Like we see Jimmy Butler, right? And we have this dynamic between him and Derrick Rose, which may or may not be made up by the media. We're not quite clear, but um, it certainly exists on the court in some fundamental way where uh, when they come back in, they now have to figure out exactly how they're going to mesh. You got timing issues and rhythm. Those are all things that need to get back into it. Paul George is playing a different position, and that's a whole other thing that he hasn't liked too much, but works well for them. So uh, it's, a, it's a lot of things that the, the coach has to deal with. And while you're really excited to get a guy back who is good for your team, it is fought with all sorts of those issues. Andrew, you got any questions? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I saw one of your videos the other day um, for, about Andre, uh, or, excuse me, DeAndre Jordan's free throw shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. You said 70%. I don't know if that was a stretch or, you know, if you honestly believe that. But for those <laughs> of us who didn't see the video, um, obviously he struggled. He struggled. They were doing the hack of DeAndre. It was working. That uh, I personally don't believe that 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 system, the hack of whoever will work. Um, so two things for you. One, for those who didn't see the video, uh, just explain to us why you think the um, the in, in increase in his free throw percentage will come as far as lay, uh, power coming from his legs and his wrists and his arms. And then also, uh, do, you, do you really think he's going to shoot that 70%? <laughs> yeah, well, I got, I got accused of clickbait on that one, unfortunately. Um, and so, you know, here, here's the deal with what Andre, uh, DeAndre Jordan was doing. Um, in the past, and this is what happens to a lot of big men, they are so big and so strong that they're afraid that if they were to shoot a regular uh, uh, shooting form where they extend their arm all the way, the ball will go over the backboard. And I've talked to a bunch of NBA big men in the last you know, year about this, and, I understand, and they all uh, like, recognize that that's an issue. Um, and so as a result, a lot of these guys like Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan end up eliminating most of that straightening of the arm. And the way DeAndre did it was just kept getting higher and higher and higher on the release until it was just about his, his arms were straight up in the air over his head. And he didn't really bend his legs much. And when your arms are that high, there, A, there is no rhythm, and B, there is no transfer of any energy from the legs. So then he's just trying to use his, his wrists to get the ball there. But the wrist snap needs to be more focused on keeping the ball straight and being smooth where the arm can give you a little bit of that power when you're a stationary free-throw shooter. So what he did was lowered his release point to a normal position about the eyebrow level, which looked great. And we were watching him make a lot of free-throws in practice. This wasn't a mental thing to me because mental things are sometimes you see a guy shoot 80% like Dwight Howard in practice, and then he can't make them in the game. To me, this was a mechanical issue that if he could fix and replicate in the game – he should instantly get to 50%, 60% easy, and the more he gets used to it, I think he can get better because there is a decent release in there somewhere. Uh, he went back, of course, in the first game to the way he used to shoot, which is uh, probably to be expected, but I certainly got a lot, of, uh, a lot of tweets at me saying, hey, he went 0 for 3 last night, and last night he probably didn't do well either, but the first game was 0 for 3, and it, it didn't look great. Yeah, yeah, Speaking and, of, you know, I, from watching yeah. your video – from watching your video, I really, you know, the analysis you, you give on these things, that's why we really, you know, we're pushing to have you on the show, why we really appreciate you having having you here. Now, I don't know how much you listen, but as I've stated on the show many, many times, I am a die-hard Detroit Pistons fan. Um, so in my Detroit Pistons, who, by the way, are 2-0, and 
in their first two games, Andre Drummond looks comfortable, sticking on the free throw subject, looks comfortable. He's shooting something like 75% from the line. And I'm not expecting 75% from a full season. And also, I don't know how much you've watched any of the Pistons. Is this something you think could stick? Maybe not that high, but 55-plus percentage? I mean, anybody, any professional should be able to get there no matter what. If they take that seriously and they have good coaches and they can keep the mind clear and make it focused on what they need to do. Honestly, I haven't had a chance. I've seen a very little bit of the first game. And uh, the one thing I did see about Detroit was the beautiful spacing they got. They got ball movement and spacing. And they were getting threes, and that looked great, which also then serves to open up everything for, uh, for Andre Drummond to, to get tips planned, get the putbacks, to get the catches on the cut, and then dunk it. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Now, the free throw thing, yeah. I mean, you know, it, a lot of times it's not that difficult, and it's a subtle tweak. The problem is, is if you come at it the wrong way as a coach, this is good advice for anybody, the jump shot – to a player, it's their girlfriend. And if you come in saying, you know what, you got to fix your jump shot, what you're telling them is, is that their girlfriend is ugly. And if you do it that way, you, you know, the reaction you're going to usually get is, you know, forget you. I mean, my girlfriend ain't ugly. Uh, she's the hottest woman in the room. And they ain't going to listen to yeah. So that's yeah. really the way you have to tread lightly in that, in that uh, arena to figure out how to convey what they need to do to get it fixed. And you're, you're speaking of one thing, and then, Andrew, you can ask maybe a couple more questions. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask before I let Andrew take it away, and then probably have a couple more minutes on this, but uh, you were talking about the spacing of the Detroit Pistons and how it looked good. Another team I was just talking about, the New York Knicks, and how they finally are looking like they're developing that triangle and how they're finally getting it going. Would you say that this is an early season view of what to expect later on? Like, will it get better? Is, is this something that we're just seeing kind of come to fruition for the first you know, couple of weeks of the season? And can we expect these things to improve throughout the year? Or is this more of like a yearly improvement thing? And this is all we're going to see from here on out for the rest of the year. Oh, are we talking about the, talking about the Knicks specifically? Or are we just talking about every team in the NBA? I mean, when it comes to their, when it comes to their fundamentals, their, their, uh, their, their, you know, their, their style of offense, their, their defense, their, 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 Christmas, like when it comes to the jitters, the jitters of the first part of the season, is this what we're going to see from here on out, or is this just early season jitters, or is this you know improvement that'll happen throughout the years? Okay, well, yeah, for, certainly uh, the, the jitters exist for for younger players. So Chris Paul isn't okay. going to come in there on opening night and be all nervous and turn the ball over and miss all these shots, right? Those guys are veterans of this thing for a long time, so you know yeah. they they're going to come in you know pretty good, ready to go. Um, you're going to see a lot of like the D'Angelo Russell kind of players who are coming in there. They're all hyped up, but they're going too fast. They're losing the handle a lot, uh, which is what I saw at the Lakers game the other night. Uh, the other part of this, though, is uh, like for OKC, I broke down their offense, and, you know, I wasn't really impressed. They, they had a couple different sets that they had put in from Billy Donovan's offense in Florida that looked okay, but it was really few and far between. The idea being that they're going to continue to add stuff as the season goes, but – I don't know. Coach Donovan might find out in a hurry that the practice time that you get throughout the season is very disjointed and difficult to get meaningful practice in. So, um, you know, I think that the jitters you're going to see are from the, you know, the first and second year players. And then any kind of development, you know, teams will get better. Teams will get healthier. Certainly the Pelicans are going to get better when they get their players back. Yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of the veteran teams, you know, they, they come in, you know, pretty close. It's only question there of like how much the coach wants to hide. Like the Spurs, they're going to hide a lot of their goodness 
you know, until later yeah. in the year uh, when they need it, right? So, but, you know, as right. a result, like with the Pistons, we should see those teams continue to get better for sure. And then, Andrew, I think Andrew had some questions when it came to your predictions. Andrew, what do you got? Well, well a couple things. Um, you know, being being the basketball genius, I would say, that you are, you know, from watching your videos, I, you know, I've been watching basketball my whole life, but almost every video you put up, I'm learning something new. And I think a lot of what, you know, you guys at, at B-Ball Breakdown do is you guys catch things before other people do. Um, so so just, just who, if you just had to throw out a wild prediction based on things you see, maybe a twist in mechanics, maybe a change in role, team will be and the most improved player, and also why? Ah, that's a good question. Well, here's the thing about the most improved team, because because there were such bad records last year, you know, from like the Knicks or from the Lakers, you know, a little bit of improvement on the roster, you know, they could actually improve a whole lot because they're starting from way down, the Sixers as well, right? So that's an interesting question um, as far as that goes. Now, I think that the Knicks are going to, you know, they're going to be a lot better just because they have NBA players this year. So they're going to win a lot more games. I think the Lakers are going to win a lot more games as well. They're, they're going to get into that 30, 35 win, uh, you know, level there. It's kind of hard to figure out which is going to have the most wins, but I think the Knicks and the Lakers are going to shock people on both ends of the coast. And uh, as far as most improved player, I mean, I got to go with my guy, um, CJ McCollum. Uh, he has been tearing it up. And he's got a great role now as a starting shooting guard alongside Damian Lillard. And uh, he had, you know, 30 points in the first half of the, uh, the other game. So you've got to keep your eye on that guy because he's got the, a complete package, score from anywhere, and, uh, is, is, you know, I, he's got to be the front runner right now. Yeah, yeah, C.J. McCollum looked, looked – I mean, he was, what, five for five from three in the first half. He was going insane. Slowed down in the second half, but you don't need all that output when you're up 40. Um, and then <laughs> right. just real quick, real quick, uh, bold prediction. Who is in the NBA Finals, and who do you got winning it? Er, way too early prediction for you. What do you it's got? prediction season. Oh, I know. And, I've, I've, you know, I've been doing this across wherever I've been appearing. I, I've been saying, and I don't even know why, because it's, you know, it's so early you don't know anything. But um, the Rockets, for some reason – keep coming back to me. When you look at the roster and you look at what they added, and even though they're, they, they got, you know, they got bit in the butt last, uh, the other night against Denver, uh, you know, they've shown that they're a tough team. They, being down 3-1 didn't phase them at all. And, and, and not only that, having James Harden not play well and then pull that series out against the Clippers. I and mean, that shows you some real fortitude there um, that is rare. So they, they improved. And I think that they're going to be in the, in the, in the finals. Now, here's the thing. The Warriors, you know, you would want to favor them, but everyone knows that repeating is impossible. And so it's just hard to pick against the, the reigning champions, even though they're awesome and they're great and they have probably the best team in the West. Uh, and, then, and then you got the Spurs. But nonetheless, I'm going to go with the Rockets. And then I think in the East, you know, everyone wants to already crown LeBron James, the East champion, already to the finals. But I'm looking at the Bulls. They just beat them, and I know that the Kyrie Irving didn't play. But you can argue that Derrick Rose is being double, so he wasn't at his full speed either. Um, I like the Bulls, yeah. and if, if, if Hoiberg can figure out the right lineups, and that's the only challenge he's going to have, they can win the whole thing. 
Well, wow. Coach Nick, it was great to have you on here. Thank you for your predictions and everything that you've done. Again, B-Ball Breakdown, if you haven't checked it out already, it's on YouTube. They have unbelievable videos when it comes to the X's and O's and fundamentals of the game. Thank you again, Coach Nick. We'll have you on again sometime later on. Thank you again, man. You got it. Anytime. Thanks, Coach Nick. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, Coach, have a good day. All right, we're, we're out of here when it comes to Coach Nick. We're going to go to a break real quick, and we will be right back. Just hold on to the line. If you want to call in and talk about anything NBA, feel free to do so. Again, you're listening live to the Hoopers Log, 323-642-1558. We'll be right back as soon as possible. And real quick, I don't, I, I don't want to. What's up? What's up, Andrew? Yeah, I don't want to leave you guys real quick without saying goodbye, so I have to throw out my patented peace. All right, Andrew's out of here. I'm going to finish the show off. We'll be right back in about five minutes.
cutting a war, touring the country with money from mic recorded. The only way out the ghetto, you know the stereotype. Shooting hoops to live on the stereo like top 40. And surely I got discouraged. Like every time I walk to the corner and them guns bursting. Nigga, I was rehearsing in repetition the phrase. That only one in a million will help us see better days. Especially when the crime waves bigger than tsunami. Break your boogie boards to pieces. You just a typical homie. All these niggas facetious and they all standing beside me. They all about me a chopper. If one and you try me, what am I to do? When every neighborhood is an obstacle When two niggas making it out had never sounded logical Three niggas making it out, that's mission impossible So I never believed the type of performance that I can do I wasn't jealous cause of the talents they got I was terrified they'll be the last black boys to fly out of Compton Thank God Welcome on back to the Hooper's Log It is your Friday, October 30th edition here on CLNS Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash the Hoopers Log. We'll be able to get you these shows on the app here starting in – we'll get them up sometime in the next couple of days. Definitely over the weekend we'll get you uploaded and ready to go. That was an awesome segment with Coach Nick from B-Ball Breakdown. Again, we'll get this show up on the app as soon as possible over the next couple of days. Andrew had to go. He's busy at work. We're going to break down the weekend for you. There are 25 games. Real quickly, though, NBA fans, the season is back. So this is one-day fantasy action over at FanDuel.com. There is no better time to sign up and get playing there right now. One-day fantasy basketball leagues for real money with immediate cash payout. Pick a team of nine players. If you're new, you've never done it, you can still do it. you got so much time throughout the season to do it. Get it done. Pick a team of nine players, two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, and one center with just players from tonight's game. And you got a ton of them for the weekend, 25 games over the weekend. Payouts will be in your account the next morning. Play every day or whenever you want. Leagues just start at $1. Finally, you can be a fan and get paid to be a fan. Never played on FanDuel before? Games have never been bigger. Join the over 1 million other fans who have already won money playing fantasy sports on FanDuel.com. You know basketball? Prove it at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code CELTICS, C-E-L-T-I-C-S, and sign up now. Plus, right now, I have a special offer for the listeners. Sign up today, with and FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 200 bucks. That's right. That's a bonus of $200. Bonus offer is only good for the first 500 people. Excuse me, 50 people. Holy cow. 50 people that use the code Celtics. Don't forget to use the code Celtics. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. Let's preview the weekend for you, shall we? Let's get it done. Let's preview this weekend. We got 25 games. We got 25 games in the book. We got a whole bunch from yesterday. Absolutely, let's get it going. We got tonight, Friday, there are 12 games again. FanDuel's the perfect night tonight to do the FanDuel. We got five games. Miami at Cleveland on ESPN, 4 p.m. Eastern. Get it done. Miami and Cleveland, big-time game there. Oklahoma City at Orlando, that's another big-time impressive game. Uh, Oklahoma City and Orlando, watch that one just based on the fact that you got the young guys in Orlando facing the superstars in Oklahoma City. Utah and Philly. Then you got Toronto and Boston. That's another big game from the standpoint of, look, CLNS Radio. We got the Celtics all the time, everywhere. One of the games you want to watch for if you're a Boston Celtics fan, watch that. See if we can lock down DeMar DeRozan tonight. We got this in in Boston. Let's get it going. Chicago at Detroit. Two teams that are 2-0 coming into this one. I obviously know Andrew Norris will be watching this one. 
No debate on that one. Andrew Norris will be all over that one when it comes to Chicago and Detroit. Charlotte and Atlanta, that's going to be an interesting game to watch from the standpoint of two new teams really coming in. Washington, Milwaukee, interesting from the standpoint. Let's see how Milwaukee can bounce back from their game on Wednesday. Let's see how they can bounce back and see how they can do against a team like Washington who has solidified themselves as a really legitimate contender, especially with the way John Wall's been playing uh, this first couple of games of the season. Brooklyn at at San Antonio. Apologies. Wow, that came from nowhere. Brooklyn at San Antonio. This should be an outstanding game from the perspective of San Antonio. I really think should dominate in this one. Minnesota and Denver, two young teams fighting it out. Golden State and Houston, the, the second game on ESPN. That's a, 10, that's a 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern type of game. Turn on and tune into that one. Again, that matchup of rematch of the Western Conference Finals from last year. Expect that one to be a classic. Los Angeles Clippers of the Sacramento Kings and then Portland at Phoenix. Those are your 12 games for Friday. Who do I got winning in each one of those? I think Cleveland's going to beat Miami. I think Oklahoma City's going to beat Orlando. Utah over Philly. Boston over Toronto. That's right. Let's get it, Boston Celtics. And then I got the Detroit Pistons over the Chicago Bulls in Detroit. And then I got Atlanta beating Charlotte. Washington over Milwaukee. Spurs over Nets. Denver over the over the uh, uh, T-Wolves, and then I got Houston beating Golden State, uh, the Lakers over Sacramento, and then I got Phoenix over the Portland Trailblazers. Then we got six games for Saturday. There's one game in particular that you should look out for, Utah and Indiana, two teams that are coming into this season with nothing to lose, teams that could improve immensely this year. Utah and Indiana are those two teams that can get it done this season. I think Indiana is going to take that one, but it wouldn't shock me if Utah gets their first one of the season. Utah, Indiana does not want to start off the season – in a downtrodden year like they could be. Indiana, I think, is going to get it done in that one. Knicks and Washington. Washington's going to win that one, I think. New Orleans Pelicans and Golden State Warriors, that's their second time matching up this year. I think Golden State's going to get another victory in that one. Brooklyn and Memphis. Memphis should destroy Brooklyn. Phoenix and Portland, they'll be playing in the back-to-back. I think Portland's going to get that victory in that one. And then Sacramento and and the Los Angeles Clippers, again, second time meeting. I think the Clippers will get their second win in that one as well. And then there are seven games for Sunday. Seven games for Sunday, November 1st, the first day of of, uh, of November. Obviously, Halloween is on Saturday, those six games. The one game to watch for is Utah and Indiana. But on Sunday, November 1st, Atlanta at Charlotte. I think Atlanta is going to destroy Charlotte in that one. San Antonio and Boston. I will be doing a post game with CLNS here on blogradio.com slash CLNS radio. I will be on there for them uh, on the post game show. So listen into that for sure, obviously. For the CLNS crowd out there, get in and get on on that. San Antonio at Boston. I think the Spurs are going to win that one, but it wouldn't shock me if Boston kept it close and even pulled it out in the garden. Houston and Miami. I think Miami's going to win this one just based on the early struggles of Houston. Milwaukee at Toronto. I think Toronto's going to get it done. DeMar DeRozan can handle it all by himself. And that's another really good game to watch. Orlando and Charlotte, another really good game to watch. I think Orlando's going to pull it out in this one. I think they're going to shock Chicago. They're going to get the win. They're going to get it done. Dallas at L.A., the Lakers. I think Dallas is going to get that one. And then Denver, OKC, expect Oklahoma City to destroy them. we got about a minute left on the show. And for those of you listening, those of you listening to the podcast, those of you listening to the live edition right now, if you didn't call in, that's okay. You got to listen to an outstanding show today, an hour-long show today. We will break it down daily, Monday through Friday, starting next week on November 2nd. We will start at the same time, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, but they're only going to be about half-an-hour shows, 45-minute shows at the longest. They're not going to go any longer than that. They're going to be 45-minute live shows, potentially hour-long podcasts. That's how long they're going to be. 
Don't expect anything longer. And we're only going to podcast on the app once a week, starting on Monday. Again, Monday, November 2nd, 2015. Listen in on there. That will begin the first episode of many throughout the rest of the season. My name is Timo Buckets. Thank you again for listening. And the Hooper's Log is in full effect starting next week.